Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to my Good Nanny Radio, MGN Radio, the best show on Blog Talk Radio for family information and entertainment. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome to our MGN Radio podcast. Today is Wednesday, March 22nd, 2017, and it's 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, 10.30 Central Time. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. For those of you who might not know what MGM Radio is, it is the fastest-growing podcast on Blog Talk Radio. We interview celebrities, authors, business owners, you know, everybody has been on our show. And I'm your host, Miss Tossie, and I'm super excited um, to have today our guest, um, Giovanna Burgess Gathers, who's the author of Why Am I Still Single? But as many of you know, um, yesterday we had our keynote speaker, Melissa Renee. Um, and if you if you love boxing like I do, you know that's Floyd Mayweather's, um, the mother of his of his daughter. And, you know, she really talked yesterday. She's going to be in Atlanta at our seventh conference. And she talked yesterday just about, you know, dating such a high-profile athlete, you know, starting her boutique. You know, um, she's been endorsed by so many celebrities, being a single mom. And a lot of people think, oh, wow, you know, she has it easy. He just gave her this and gave her that. And she really talked about how she really worked hard and to become the successful businesswoman. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to that podcast yesterday, make sure you subscribe to MGM Radio and listen to the podcast. Okay, so make sure you get your tickets for our seventh event. And I have our producer has added applause to our (laughs) show. (laughs) I love it. Okay, um, all our vendor booths are sold out, but we still have some tickets, so get your ticket at d2aspire.com. Okay, so I got to pay just one or two bills, and I'll be back to introduce our guest, and um, I can't wait to talk to her. So we'll be back in less than one minute. Hair Yum is the fastest-growing vegan hair care product on the market. Hair Yum can transform your hair with one wash. Cleanse with no harsh chemicals, sulfates, or detergents. The Hair Yum collection is available now at HairYum.com. Take the challenge. Go vegan. Get Hair Yum at HairYum.com. That's H-A-I-R-Y-U-M.com. Your hair will thank you for it. Growing up today, many children don't get the encouragement they need to feel important, empowered, and loved. Author J.L. Hunt has put together two beautifully written books titled Beautiful Boy and Beautiful Girl to help children build a positive self-concept and self-esteem in a colorful, stirring way. These books are a precious gift to any special child in your life. Available on Amazon.com. For more information, visit Hunt'sClubhouse.com. All right, thank you, and shout-out to all our sponsors and advertisers. We appreciate you. Okay, so before I connect, let me give her her fabulous MGN Radio podcast introduction. So Giovanna Burgess Gathers um, wrote, Why Am I Still Single? It's the long-awaited self-help book 
by her. She's the owner and lead therapist at Touchstone Counseling and Coaching, which is a private practice specializing in providing mental, emotional, and behavioral health services and life coaching to individuals and families, couples, and groups in Greenville, South Carolina. Yay, South Carolina. Giovanna is a national speaker, a workshop facilitator, personal and professional development trainer, consultant, life coach, and founder of the Breathe Relaxation Classes and the Breathe Shop. She's also happily married, mother of two. So I can't wait to talk to a fellow author about her book. So let me connect her. Hold on. Hello, welcome to the show. Hi, can you hear me okay? Yes, you sound fabulous. Okay, let me do the applause again. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) We've been wanting applause on the show, and so Felicia figured out how to get it, and we're just, like, loving it. Okay, so why don't we start out with, you know, the title of your book, Why Am I Still Single? Why don't you tell us, give a synopsis about what the book is about? Okay. Well, Why Am I Still Single is, um, honestly, if I could summarize it, it is more about um, a woman's journey to self-healing more so than it is a how-to dating guide or a how-to guide to get married. I didn't write the book as a way of trying to tell people how to get married. I don't know that I feel qualified to tell people how to get married, but I wrote the book to really address a lot of the underlying reasons and a lot of the the factors that I feel like go into why a lot of women are not being successful at their relationships. So that was kind of what the motivation was for me to write the book, to really help women identify those things that are making their relationships difficult and unhealthy and also how to break some of their unhealthy healthy relationship patterns. Wow, I love it. And you know, um, Giovanna, I think a lot of people probably think, um, you know, why am I still single is how to get a man, you know, because you know, everybody's yeah. on that bandwagon. <laughs> but I love that yes. you're doing something different and you're qualified. You're on the practice. So Absolutely. let's talk about the book a little bit more. What are some of the okay. unhealthy habits that women do that can really sabotage a relationship. One of the one of the things that I really highlight in the book and that I see in my private practice, whether I'm working with a woman one on one or within the context of a marriage or a relationship, is that women are good at giving their power away. We as women do not understand our power. We do not fully understand who we are and what we uniquely bring to the relationship. And I don't mean to say that in a way that creates an adversarial relationship with men, but to say that we give away so much of our power because we don't fully know who we are. We don't fully embrace our true sense of worth and value. And I think a lot of times um, in our efforts to be nurturing and in our efforts to be nice, 
and 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 amenable and all of those things. We what what we do is actually we ended up we end up giving away our power. And and so one of the things that I I really try to drive home in the book is really learning how to own your power, how to own your life, how to own your stuff. That even if you have some stuff with you, that is not a reason for you to allow your. That's not a reason to allow yourself to be mistreated or to be abused. That you have to own that and work through your healing process so that you can make better decisions and choices, but also that you can so that you can attract a better mate to yourself. Wow. I love I love you know, I've heard that before about giving the power away that women if we just knew what our power was, we wouldn't. But you know, a lot of women um you know, raised with, you know, unfortunately sometimes father is not in the home. So your first boyfriend is the one that, you know, shows you the love. And talk about maybe your upbringing, how did you, um, how your upbringing kind of affected your relationships? Absolutely. Um, Tati, and I'm glad you asked that. I have put so much of me into the book. I hesitated with that. Um, I honestly wanted to write the book just from a therapist's perspective, but I realized that, um, honestly, I felt as if God wanted me to be somewhat transparent in the book because I felt like that would be more endearing to people and, and it would come across as a lot more genuine and authentic. So I share a lot of my own story, how I grew up without a father. My father was Unfortunately, he was deceased before I was even born, and so as a result, I grew up without a father there to validate me, to approve of me, to affirm of me. I grew up without a father there to to really guide and protect and mold me and teach me who I was as a young girl and then as a woman, and I think that so many of our little girls who are growing up either without a father or without a healthy father, because some people have a father, but he may not be in healthy a healthy example of a father. And so when you grow up for that, you're going to look to get that need met in other ways. And sometimes we get that need met in unhealthy ways because when we have a need, it's just like when you're thirsty or when you're hungry. You just want to eat. Your body just has a need to eat to satisfy that hunger or thirst. Well, it's the same way with us emotionally and spiritually. When there's a void, when there is an area that we feel is lacking or missing, we're going to seek to fulfill that need. And sometimes that's not always healthy. Just like when we're thirsty and hungry, we don't always make a healthy food or drink choice, we get whatever's going to satiate that hunger and thirst. It's the same way with us emotionally and spiritually. We're going to look for something, and unfortunately, that's what sometimes makes us fall for the wrong things because you're going to fall for that guy who's telling you how pretty and beautiful you are, but yet he's treating you as if you're nothing. Yep, and so many girls, I mean, and now with, you know, social media and, you know, you see, like, I was watching My Guilty Pleasure, <laughs> loving hip-hop, and Atlanta, and I, I had to turn it off because it was just so dysfunctional. And yeah. what what seems like back in the day, you know, you hid, it's like today people are bragging about it, and it's like they have no yeah. self-worth. <laughs> like, what, what do you tell people that, unfortunately, especially the young girls, who see all these reality stars fighting over men, you know, sharing men, um, you know, what advice do you tell them in, in terms of trying to get them to see that they are greater than that, especially the young girls that are coming up 
in this reality age. Yeah, definitely. As you said, times have certainly changed and not necessarily in a good way. And um, I have those guilty pleasures, too, I have to admit. Um, And you're right. There are (laughs) days when I have to turn it off. I have to turn it off as well because it just goes too far. It's just too much. Um, And unfortunately, like you see, these are the images that our young girls are, are watching and they're wanting to emulate. So I would just say that, you know, no one else is, going to set your value for you. No, you're not going to come into the world and, and, and devalue yourself and expect that the world is going to value you for you. That is one of the things that I really hone in on in the book is that no one does our work for us. We have to do our work. And if we were born with some kind of challenge or some kind of deficit, we grew up in the hood or we didn't have a father or we were abused as a child or picked on or bullied in school, once you begin to become an adult, you become responsible for your own healing. You become responsible for for taking those things that may be a negative in your life and turning those into a positive. You can't go out into the world and into relationships expecting that they are going to help fix you. They're not. Unfortunately, the world that we live in now, as you can see, wants to prey on you. So when you have a weakness, when you have a, um, a deficit in some area, rather than the world trying to meet that need, they're going to try to prey on that in a lot of cases. So if you can start to look within yourself, it first requires being honest with yourself and saying to yourself, this area in my life needs healing. This area in my life needs more attention. And and so once you're able to admit that, now you can possibly get to the place where you're ready to start addressing it and working on it. And I work with people every single day. I work with teenagers. I work with young adults, with older adults, you know, again, married people, single people, dating, premarital. And, and so I definitely, um, one of the things I work with them on is really coming to understand their true value and their true self-worth, and that's not something that you can buy and put on. They don't have it in the store. There's no makeup line that's going to give you that. There's no car that you're going to drive that's going to make you valued or no home that you're going to live in or degree that you're going to earn or a bank account balance that's going to give you that innate sense of value and worth. That comes from the inside out, and if we didn't grow up with that naturally, then we have to figure a way to give that to ourselves and find that within ourselves because otherwise you just go out into the world needy and lacking, and then somebody is going to look to prey on that. Exactly, and I think that's what happens, unfortunately, in so many cases. You know, somebody in the chat room, shout out to Linda, she wanted to know more about your education. Like when I mentioned that you own a counseling and and coaching um, practice, um, you're a licensed professional counselor, so I think that's good. Will you tell them about your education background? Because you're definitely qualified to speak and write about this. Absolutely. Um, I have a master's degree in counseling, and I am also licensed by the state of South Carolina and eligible for licensure in other states as well. Um, and what that does is allow me to private to practice privately so that I'm able to bill people's private insurance. I also accept Medicaid, and then, of course, I have a lot of private pay clients. I'm also in the process of becoming a licensed professional counselor supervisor, which just means I'm going to be helping other professional counselors um, to earn their state licensure as well. Excellent. I told y'all we are chatting with Giovanna 
Burgess Gathered Gathers. Now, I want to talk about the title of your book because I like it. It kind of draws me, you know, why am I still single? That's a question that so many women, educated, not educated, hood, not hood, ask themselves. So what made you come, what made you use that title? And how long did it take you to kind of write the book? Okay, that's an excellent question. Actually, the initial um, title of the book was not Why Am I Still Single. It was Finding the Love You Want and Deserve. And so when I first began writing the book, that was the intended title, which was back in 2009, before I was even married myself, but I was already dating my, my now husband, but back then my boyfriend. So um, I'm not sure. I think I wanted something catchier. And honestly, one day my spirit just spoke to me or God spoke to me through my spirit and said, why am I still single? And and so it just kind of stuck. And I, because I wanted something that was going to draw people in that I knew that might be real and that it might resonate and hit home with people when they saw the title. I wasn't sure that my other title, although I loved it, I thought it was maybe a little soft. And, and the other thing about why am I still single is that I think it, it, it also may be offensive to a couple of people, which is not a bad thing in my opinion because um, some people want to prove, you know, well, I'm single because I choose to be and I'm single because I want to be, which is fine because one of the things I talk about in the book is I didn't write the book to tell every woman they need to get married. Marriage isn't for everyone, and I completely respect that. Um, but for those women who do desire to be in a healthy relationship and get married, that is why I wrote the book you know, for them. And so um, I, I love the title. Like you, I think it definitely draws people in. If nothing more, they're going to pick the book up and read the back cover, or they're going to want to know a little bit more. But once you actually start reading the book, the testimonies that and the feedback that I have gotten back so far is that the book is, is very much not just about dating or being single or even getting married. It is about owning who you are, knowing who you are, coming to love yourself, to trust yourself, to validate and approve of yourself, and that hopefully that will attract a mate. But if at the end of the day it doesn't, at least you are healed and you are whole and you are feeling good just being you. And I think if there's anything I want women to come away with, it's just knowing that you are good enough just as you are. And if you get to share all that good enough with a man, hey, it's even better. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it if you get to now and then the process of writing the book you know you were single and then you got married talk yes. about like what qualities you kind of looked for in your mates you know um well, and how did you, you know you move from from the healing to now being a married you know woman yes yes um, well, I, I think I knew that my husband was the one in about the first four or five months, but my husband and I definitely decided to take take things very slowly, which was good for me, and that was always new for me because, you know, past relationships I had gotten in, and if it seemed like we were clicking and we were vibing, I was just already, like a lot of women, thinking, ooh, could this be the one? And so when I got with my husband, the feeling was somewhat different. I, I knew in a different space that he was the one, and really it wasn't about, even though I'm very attracted to him, my husband is very sexy to me, um, but it wasn't even 
wasn't so much about the physical attraction or any of those things. It was his character. And one of the things that I speak to women all the time about is character. We will overlook character in, in, in exchange for looking at something superficial. So we'll look at the man's bank account, the type of car that he drives. We'll look at the type of clothes that he wears and different things like that. We'll look at celebrities and just decide that the same rules don't apply because that person is a celebrity. And we overlook character. So when I was looking at my husband, I looked at his character. Who is this man outside of who he is? And when I observed him with, like, his mother, I looked at the friendships that he had. I looked at how he treated other people besides me. When my husband and I got together, my mother, who was since deceased since I started this project, but my mother was elderly and she was sick and having a lot of health conditions. And when I saw this man, who was so gentle and patient, helping her up the stairs, helping with her oxygen tank. Those were the qualities that I looked at and said, wow, that is someone I can imagine being a father to my children. That is someone who has the gentleness and the compassion that I could see actually loving me through all of life's ups and downs. That is what sort of made me want to at least continue to explore, is he the one? And, of course, over time, you know, our relationship grew because even though I started the book in 2009, he and I actually were already together for two years by that point that I started the book. And so I had seen all of the growth that I had experienced, you know, dating him. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about men. I learned a lot just about love in general. And I began to have to admit a lot of truths to myself that I didn't want to admit because it wasn't all pretty. It it wasn't pretty at all. Some of it was pretty ugly. Um, How I had been too independent, how I wasn't able to let a man be a man, how I wasn't, you know, I I had trust issues, and and so I didn't feel great about myself. I was also able to look back at at previous relationships and, and honestly began to ask myself, what was I thinking to think I deserved that or to think that I didn't deserve any better? So um, once I began to learn those lessons, that is what prompted me to say, I want to write about this. And I think it took seven years because I would start and I would stop. Fear would come up. Um, things would, you know, Steve Harvey's book came out, and I remember thinking, well, Steve Harvey is a national celebrity, and he's already written about it. Who wants to hear from me? So all of those insecurities, all those self-doubts came up in my spirit, and eventually, um, I think it was sometimes last year, because I had written a good portion of the book, but I would just never complete it. And so last year, after I lost my mom, I don't know, something just came over me and said, now is the time. It's time to finish this book. And last year was actually the seventh year, which is, you know, seven is the year of completion. So I completed it at the end of last year and, you know, went to editing and all of that at the beginning of this year. And, of course, you know, we launched on March 14th. So it's definitely been a process. This book is so much about more than just me writing a book. It is just about my life story, my healing, my my journey, you know, where I came from, where I came from, and where I am currently. I like that. I really, I really like the the part. And you know, you mentioned Steve Harvey, and um, you know his book and everything. And you're right; it's like everybody was, you know, how to get a man, how to not get a man. That was the theme. But I like your angle. Yeah. It's like the healing and. You know, why am I still single? It's it's a play on words, and it's really it's really good. I love it. 
live with Javonna Gathers, who's a licensed professional yes. counselor. Now, talk about your practice. How how long have you okay. had this practice? And then I want to get into the D word. And when I say the D word, okay. I'm meaning divorce. Because there's so oh, many women okay. at the conference I was telling you that were going through a divorce. And even one young lady who, who's actually going to, she's coming again this year, and I love her to death. She bought her ticket and everything. But she, her divorce was fresh, and she was actually, she actually cried at the conference. And it was just so oh, wow. sad, you know. Yeah, so, um, yeah, talk about your practice, and I want to delve into, like, divorce and healing from that. Okay. Um, well, I have been in practice. Um, I started in the practice January of 2013. I have been employed as an executive director of a nonprofit for nine years, um, but I had also in that time earned my license. I had graduated with my master's in 2004, and I took my license test and passed it in 2005, but I was committed to the work that I was doing. So I didn't actually start the license process until 2009, and then I finished it in 2012. So I I started my practice, I walked away, I started with nothing, with not even one client or hint of a client. Um, my husband was extremely supportive in allowing me to do that. So, um, I, I, you know, I walked away from an income and a salary and nothing but faith and a dream. And um, so here I am five years later with over, you know, 100 clients, and I'm very busy, too busy sometimes, and I have to actually turn people away or refer them out. Um, but it, you know, again, it's what we say. We address not only just mental health issues. Um, another thing I intend to write about is mental health and how that's perceived among African Americans. I have a great number of African American clients, but it's always I'm always aware that there's a stigma in the African American community about therapy and about counseling, what it is and what it isn't. So I'm very passionate about speaking about that as well. Um, but we also do life coaching. We offer classes. You mentioned the breeze classes. I actually now have a Facebook group, the Breeze Group, so I would love to invite everyone to join that. And then we have the Breeze Shop, which offers um, self-care products, massage candles, body oils, um, different journals, different things like that to really assist people in their their practice of self-care. So we not only look at, you know, um, diagnosable mental illnesses, but we work with couples. We do relationship counseling, premarital counseling. Uh, We work with families to try to help families become healthier. Um, And then we work with individuals. A lot of the individuals have been through, you know, things like sexual abuse, domestic violence. They grew up in very chaotic households. You know, they're adults, but they still got childhood issues, mommy issues, daddy issues, dealing with issues of, you know, rejection um, or or abandonment, Uh, people with depression, anxiety, um, bipolar disorder. Uh, We work with all of those things. But but in addition, we also work with people who don't have a diagnosis and who are just struggling with things like self-sabotage or um, uh, learning how to say no without feeling guilty um, or, or dealing with perfectionism. That's another thing that's been really big in my practice is people who deal with perfectionism and feeling like they're not good enough. So I speak on a lot of that as well. Love it. Love it. If somebody in the chat room, and then we have someone on the phone line, um, but somebody said, you know, um, your husband, is he a coach too, or does he do something different, um, especially when you mention him being so supportive? Um, is he a coach too? He is not a coach, not at all. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Now let me go to the phone yeah. line. Hold on. Let's see. Eight six four. You have a comment or question? I have a question, and I'm a bit confused. Um, we have this acquaintance who has been married three times. The first husband uh, passed away, and she had two children by that husband. Then she was able to get married again, and she got a divorce about two years ago. And now she is with a uh, she has got married to a third husband. All of these men were paying husbands. That is, they. Uh, she had uh, always lived in a nice home, et cetera, et cetera. What are the qualities that keep her or maintain her uh, attractiveness to so many, uh, to three different men when most women can hardly find one? <laughs> That's a good wow. So there's some women okay. And another one that comes to mind Is Steve Harvey's wife actually Marjorie There's some women that get like all these Very nice attractive rich men They get divorced they get another one They get divorced they get another one Halle Berry you know? And it's like there's some women who um, um, Can't even get one What qualities would you say For all the women out there that want a baller <laughs> you know, what qualities would you say can help attract um, a very nice, you know, man? I guess that's it. Great question. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and not to say that I think that someone can't make a lot of money and be a nice man, but I think also you, you've, you've got to decide what it is you truly desire and want. We all want to be, um, you know, provided for, I think, sometimes as women. We want to make sure we've got a man who's a good provider. Um, but you also have to think about sometimes what, at what risk, you know, or at what cost are you going to give up to have that. You know, sometimes I meet women or I work with women who will say, you know, oh, I've got a man and he works so hard, and I'll say, well, that's great, but also make sure that he's not going to put his career or what he does for his money above you because just because a man has money doesn't mean that he's always necessarily going to be willing to share that wealth with his woman. Some men who have money can be very selfish and stingy with their money. So as far as looking at qualities, I would just say I think some women are just more marriageable. You know, they're more, um, and, and I think that's because that's what they look at. I think some some of us are afraid of marriage. You know, we're afraid of the level of commitment that may be involved. We're afraid of getting hurt. And, and we sort of send that signal out. There are some women that are just tend to be more confident in themselves, and they just desire that they are going to be married. Um, and I'll share this, and this is in no way meant to be racist or, or prejudiced in any way, but a lot of the Caucasian women I work with, I notice if those women get divorced within a year or two, they are going to be remarried to someone. And when you look at a lot of black women, when we get hurt and we get divorced, we'll go 20 years before we get married again in a lot of cases. And so I was thinking about that one day, and I was like, what is it about some women or some races of women um, that they are just going to go back and they're going to jump back in and they're going to get married again. Um, I think in a lot of times in the African-American community, sometimes marriage is taboo. I work with women who will actually tell me they'll actually have two or three kids by a man, and then if you mention marriage, they look at you like you have, you know, three three heads on your shoulders. Um, because, you know, if you look at the way we're raised and the way that we are um, socialized, 
Um, sometimes even with Caucasian girls, they are raised up with the idea that they are going to get married and get a husband. And a lot of times with African-Americans, we're, we're not doing that. And I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. I think girls should be raised up to get an education, to be independent, and all those things. But to understand that that doesn't mean you can't also get married. I actually had a woman tell me one time that she didn't think you could have it all and get a husband. And I don't think that that's true. I think that you can very much be successful and still be able to share that with the husband. So as far as qualities, I can't really tell you what I think you need to have. I would just say try to be open. Make sure your heart is open. Make sure that you are approachable. Make sure that you are actually available because believe it or not, we as women, we can give off signs that we're not available, that we're not approachable. Um, And I think it also comes just from knowing your worth and knowing I am more than just somebody's baby mama. I'm more than just somebody's mistress or their side chick or the girl that he just happens to drop in on every now and again. It's just knowing your worth. I have a saying, people will usually buy whatever you're selling if you believe in it strongly enough. People will buy whatever you sell if you believe in it strongly enough. Wow, wow. And I will say something because I I know my listeners and a lot of our listeners are married to very successful men, black women that are married to very successful women. And so I'm going to give my little take on what I think it takes to marry a success because I know a lot of our listeners are really balling, okay? So I think one of the things you have to be is very attractive. And I don't mean you have to be a size two, but you have to – you have to look, and, and again, I don't want a lot of phone calls and emails about this. This is just my humble opinion, but I mentioned the Halle Berry. I mentioned Steve Harvey's wife, myself. You, you just have to be a very attractive. You have to be very submissive. You have to be. You have to be, um, you have to have that personality that's magnetic. You have to, um, you know, pray to God. Oh, the first thing is you have to really pray to God. And believe Absolutely. in, like you said, I like I like what you said about the end. Believe in your self worth. You don't have to be the nicest girl in the room um, and the sweetest girl. A lot of successful men really like women who can be can be kind of tough. You know what I mean? Um, and and then you got to get her book. Why am I still single? <laughs> And read it, and then you'll be on the way. Okay, we have like five minutes left, so I want to talk to you about divorce. Just quickly, and I know divorce is a huge topic. How can people, first of all, quick question, do you believe in life after divorce? Like people should marry after they get divorced. And what are some ways when you do go through a divorce that you can move on? Yes. I definitely think it's okay to get married again if you've been divorced. But I would also say just learn from the first marriage. Learn, you know, being honest, being honest about what contributed to the divorce on both sides. Um, You know, being honest with, with what you may have done wrong or what you can do differently and also what, you dealt with and what you endured with that person and and decide whether that's something you want to deal with again. Um, Because a lot of times when we don't learn and heal from one relationship, we're just going to continue to drag that baggage into the next relationship. So I would say just doing a lot of self-reflection, a lot of self-awareness, 
Um, but, but at the end of the day, I, I never advocate someone blaming themselves. So when I say take notice and take responsibility, I'm t- thinking more of from a healing perspective. Um, honestly, identify what it was. What did I do? Could I have done differently? What could I not have done differently? Not as a way of blaming or fault finding, but just as a truth and an honesty so that when you go into your next relationship, then you can decide, is this something that I want to continue to, you know, repeat in my next relationship? Um, I I had a client once who had gotten divorced and was looking to date and was going to go pay thousands of dollars to um, this dating site that was going to help them get somebody, and they asked me my opinion, and I said, well, I honestly think you do know what you want, and and when she asked me, well, how, why do you say that? I said, because now you know exactly what you don't want. I said, so spend some time alone looking at what you know you don't want, and then make a list of the qualities and the attributes that you do want, and so she did that, and literally in about four months, this client came in, and she had met somebody, and she was crying, and she said, I can't believe it, but almost every single thing I wrote on that list I have found in this particular person, and they're getting married in a couple of months. I'm not saying that that's going to happen every single time. I'm just saying that it can happen. So I think people who have been married and it didn't work the first time doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mean you shouldn't ever get married again. It doesn't mean that, that it was even your fault or his fault. Sometimes it just doesn't work. Sometimes we just make decisions based on things, you know, we decide to get married based on the wrong reasons. Oh, I'm just in love or the sex is really good. And so we don't really look at all the long-term factors that go into uh, relationship stability and longevity. But it's perfectly okay to put yourself back out there. But just do it from a place where you are healed and you are whole and you're not going back out there carrying the same baggage that, that you may have carried into the first marriage or carrying baggage from the first marriage. Let it go. Let that person move on and allow yourself to move on. You only have one life to live. Yep, you only have one life to live. And um, I love the fact that, you know, there is life after divorce. At our conference last year, Dare to Aspire, one of, two of the speakers were divorced and they remarried and they're so happy. So I always tell women to get back out there. And another thing I want to tell women, having a lot of kids does not guarantee anything. I hate when I hear, oh, I have five kids, I have six kids. That does not guarantee anything from a man at all. You can have one kid and your husband treats you like gold. So don't think, oh, let me get have more kids to keep them. It doesn't. Wow, we have talked about a lot. We could go on and on, but time is (laughs) out. (laughs) Okay. This is so good. So, Giovanna, please tell people your book. Um, She is going to be a dare to aspire on April 28th and 29th, but she's based in South Carolina, Greenville. Um, So tell tell them how they can get a hold, hold of you. Okay. Well, um, you could definitely, I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Simply Giovanna G, and that's G-I-O-V-A-N-N-A-G. Um, I'm also on Facebook. I do have a page for the book, Why Am I Still Single? Um, again, I also mentioned the Breeze Group. I have a Giovanna Burgess Gather Speaker page because I am also a speaker um, and a life coach. Um, I have my own website, which is www.giovannagethers.com. Dot com. Again, that's G-I-O-V-A-N-N-A-G-E-A-T-H-E-R-S. 
Um, and, of course, the book is definitely, uh, you can go to my Facebook page and order it. It's on Amazon. It will soon be on Barnes & Noble. You can uh, swing by my office and get the book. Um, I, if you want the book, I will definitely make sure you get the book. And I appreciate all the support. And, Tati, I thank you for this opportunity as well. Oh, you are so welcome. Well, that wraps up our show for today. Um, thank you so much for everybody tuning in. And I, I got to do the applause button one more time. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yay, and I know there were <laughs> some other you. questions on the on the. I, I know there were some other questions on the phone line, but sorry, we have to run. Um, but again, Giovanna will be at the conference in April, April twenty eighth and twenty ninth. Yes. And everyone have a wonderful day. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye.